Still not sponsored by Duncan. It's the Woodworking Morning Show. back we're here we're back i can see there's already two people who are like you know i enjoyed that week off thanks for coming back you jerks boop, boop. <laughs> two thumbs down well uh it's not morning as the uh intro says it's actually evening this is tww live uh, i'm mark and i'm nicole and we're going to take you through a a journey through the world of woodworking today oh, oh sorry oh, nicole's oh, watching oh, the show oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I forgot, to hit, forgot to hit the mute button yes uh we're going to answer lots of woodworking questions mm-hmm. got a couple announcements here at the beginning but uh, i wanted to get started today uh by saying thank you you know we had a, a good what a week off but about yep. a 10-day road trip we were out of town it was great uh good for perspective shifting and sure. remembering what's important in life and uh coming back to this show you guys are with us every week uh, except for those two guys who hit thumbs down screw them um <laughs> But seriously, I just want to say thank you. You know, yeah. we always thank the people who help us out. Yes. But I want to thank everybody who watches the show. We we really enjoy being a part of this community with you guys and answering your questions every week. It was a nice um, break well, from the usual. Yeah, it was just different. It's it was t- parenting it, somewhere else. It was parenting else. in a different place, so. in, a, in a less convenient location. <laughs> yeah. With a nice view. As people have told us, it's not a vacation, it's a trip. Yeah, there's a difference between a vacation and a trip, <laughs> certainly. So. Um, so we do want to thank some folks who did help us out uh, financially on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash woodwhisper. And also right here on YouTube, hit that membership button, or I think it's a join button under the video if you want to help out a few bucks here and there. We always appreciate it. So John McCracken, Thomas Hackbarth, Will Covington, Richard Moore, and Hot Brass. Hot Brass. <laughs> Give me some of that Hot Brass. Hot Brass. Hot Brass. Uh, so thank you so much for helping us out. We, we certainly appreciate it. I like John McCracken. John McCracken. McCracken. There's some strong names in there yes, today. Yes, very strong names. Hackbarth. Yes. Covington. Or I said Covington, I think, Co- the first time, Covington. but you know what I'm talking about. Okay. Uh, Mark in the chat said, uh, Mark Rayner, is it true you get a free Guild project on your birthday? No, unfortunately. But if no. you had been... It's not Red Robin. <laughs> if you uh, missed the video released that mm. you did today, we started a new system. Yeah, it's a new thing we're trying out. So you know, uh, One of the big things that plagues you know YouTubers in general... I'm not a YouTuber. I just make videos on YouTube. Okay. Uh, one thing that plagues people who make videos on YouTube is the fact that a lot of people are not only not subscribed, but they don't mm-hmm. click that notification system. And the way, this is just garbage, the way YouTube sets things yeah. up that makes you guys jump through hoops to be like, yeah, I want to see this, so i got to click three things. I really, things. really, really want to see this. No, I really need it. <laughs> I really want to see it. Uh, but in order for us to get the sort of relationship and the engagement with the audience, these things have to be done. So people beg for it. Yeah. It's in, like every YouTube video out there, hey, be sure and like and subscribe. And they're asking you to do this. Before hey, they've even done the content. You've done, we've done that. I've done it a couple yeah. times, but I really don't like doing it. Yeah. I feel like I want to throw up my mouth every time I do it. Mm-hmm. That so, said, we have a new system. I believe in bribing people. <laughs> I believe that it's better to give something. If you're asking for something, you give something in return. So in order for people to know that a video was just posted and to get there within the first hour, that's the challenge. If you're there within the first hour, you got a chance to win a free guild project. So every time we post a video, at least for the foreseeable future, that's what we're going to do. So if I'm going to ask you to, to take the time to click that, that subscribe button and the notification bell, 
I'm going to give you something to return. Because I think the notification bell will either pop up, like when a new video comes out, it'll pop up on your phone. Yeah. Or it sends an email, I think. So. I think it depends on your and, settings. And we do realize that, you know, there's many time zones. And unfortunately, there are some people that are going to be sleeping. That's just the nature of this And some people are beast. working. And we already had one person who said, can't you just do it all day? And it's like the whole point of it is to be quick. Uh, so they won't have to think about it all day long. Yeah. And the notification system and the way this system works on YouTube, the sooner the views come, yeah. the better the video will do. Well, and I can finish up what I need to do. Right. So I'm not... I'm not working on, what's tomorrow, Saturday? I'm it gonna, is. I'm yeah. going to be working tomorrow, by the way. Oh, what are you working on? John M. says, how do you not have 7 million subscribers? Because I don't ask people to subscribe. Yes. I don't post regularly. I don't <laughs> change my content style with the trends necessarily. Yeah. This last couple of months is me going against all of that. All of my anti-goofy thumbnail uh, stances, all of my, I'm not going to change my content to suit what, what the trend wants or what the algorithm wants. This three-month experiment of weekly videos is all about changing the rules to see what happens to the numbers. And then I have a big decision to make when that's all said and done. Big decision. Very big decision. Shane M. said, you might not have been physically at AWFS, but you were there. Norfab played a video of him at their booth. You guys know that I, they didn't pay anything for that video? And I've gotten crap from other people in the industry who want to have like a paid video with NordFab. Yeah. And NordFab's response is always like, what do we need to? Someone already made a great video and we didn't have to pay anything for it. They get so mad at me. Uh, we're terrible. And NordFab is great. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's great stuff. Yep. Uh, okay. Enough about YouTube yep. and all that stupidity. Um, CA Glue video came out today, so if you're interested That's in the what world, we're just talking about. Yep, if you're interested in the world of CA glues, the you know super glue, real fast drying, sticky stuff, um, I have a video about it, and it's just a couple of the things that I like to do with it. But more importantly, I think my recommendations for which ones you need because they come in thin, medium, uh, I said large, I meant <laughs> what thick. <laughs> thick and then gel and then there's other varieties out there so it's kind of a guide for that um but i hope you like it it's a, it's a fun little video so go check that out also woodworker fuel mugs oh they came in these were on pre-order for yep, a little while they, they did come in and now all the pre-orders have been shipped out which means they are for sale yeah so we have a a, a small stock um so if you miss that pre-order and you're like oh we got a I, few yeah it's a cool i'm gonna uh, drink some water out of it right now it's a good good mug so right I'll put the link in uh, in the chat if you're interested in it. But uh, we got one to give away. Yeah, so it's at twwstore.com if you're interested. We're going to give one away tonight. Um, great little mug, though. Metal, stainless steel. It's got a nice cap. Here, I don't want to spill water on my computer. Yeah, don't do that. But it's got this nice little lid with one of those little uh, rotating hoochies. And then the bottom has this. It's not real cork, but it's a little bit more of a synthetic, durable, rubberized cork. Um, which in the shop is great. You know, if you put this down on something metal, put it down on anything. You've got that little kind of cushioned sound, uh, which I actually think is very nice to have in the shop. So, um, and of course it's got some fun stuff written on it. So, um, we'll, so how are we going to pick a winner later on? Yeah, we'll pick it. Don't people, let me forget. People are still coming in. I, I won't let you forget. We'll do it later. Somebody in the chat won't let me forget either. Let's get through the rest of this because we right. are delaying questions yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want to delay questions. Any. There's stuff here is what I'm saying. Okay. So, um, the Guild Scholarship application closes next week, so July 30th. So if okay. you haven't applied or if you know somebody that... So, like, 
I have quite a few additional scholarships. We provided nine, and I've gotten donations to have a new category for first responders, and I have additional <laughs> scholarships for vets and military. We can't give anything away without people going down pecker. The, the pecker line <laughs> in the chat room. I love it. That might be oh, no. that might be my greatest accomplishment. Aww. Steve what? Colburn says, my fuel mug was misdelivered. It went to a woodworker that lives near me. He delivered it to me, and he's a Wood Whisperer fan. Oh, that's super. I mean, that's very cool, but that how is. weird and how fortunate. Oh, you made a friend. Well, very cool. That's really cool. You know what? Tell him to uh, get in touch with us. We'll send yeah, him a mug. Yeah, I'll send him a <laughs> send mug. Send him his own mug. Steve, email me, Nicole at thewoodwhisperer.com. All right. Uh, let's see. And you see. want the newsletter announcement? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Nicole's yeah, yeah. upset that we don't have enough people subscribe to our newsletter. It's hidden on the site. So could you guys subscribe to the newsletter? Because it'd make her really happy. I have four different categories. Like, if you don't want, like, a lot of emails. So, like, if you don't want a video when Mark does a video, I can put you into the, the monthly. You can kind of yeah. make it what you want we're, it to we're, be. I'm massaging my newsletter How about we right fix now? that URL? Uh, Thewoodwhisperer.com slash newsletter dash iTunes dash RSS. I don't know. That sounds like a URL that's been around a while. What? Well, because there used to be this thing called uh, RSS that people would subscribe to. Never heard of it. <laughs> and it just... RSS equals barrier to entry yeah. is what that was. Uh, okay, last thing All we right. want to announce, Powermatic has a 100-year uh, sweepstakes. So yep. it's our 100-year anniversary. You can win some free tools, like big tools, guys. So it's at Powermatic's website. Oh, we'll put the link in the, yeah. in the chat room in the show notes. And a, I think the first place winner gets a voucher for any woodworking school. And a trip to Tennessee. And a trip to Tennessee. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'll put a I link to the all the details um, there is some restrictions. It'll tell you all about it. As but. giveaways have. <laughs> this is Sweepstakes true. or whatever this is called. Sweepstakes. Okay, let's go to Sebastian's question. Powermatic is not Powermatic on Instagram. It's some guy. Nope, they are, uh, I think, Powermatic underscore yeah. tools yeah. or something like that. Powermatic.woodworking. There you go. <laughs> not at all what I had just said. <laughs> Sebastian Marchand says, any suggestion on how to build something like this? I'm not too concerned about how to secure it to the wall. I can use sturdy L brackets. Hold on, let me put a picture up here for you guys so you can see what Sebastian's talking about. So he can put it up with L brackets, but I'm mostly wondering about how to design this. I'm currently thinking about using long mortise and tenon joints everywhere. Maybe something like the joinery of the dividers of the sofa table guild build project. The back panels present, uh, let's see, the back panels present in some of the cubbies will be floating painted plywood panels, so I'm not sure that I can rely on them to provide much rigidity. Well, you know what? I haven't built a lot of these. Uh, this is one of those types of structures that if I were building it, I would overcomplicate the crap out of that thing. Um, it's in my nature. <laughs> and I think someone else, uh, if you Google around and maybe look for some YouTube videos on cubby cabinets like this, you probably find some really slick tricks. In my mind, I look at a couple different options. So you can just kind of do traditional cabinet joinery. You could do dados, rabbits, grooves all over the place. You could do something like you're talking about when he's referencing the sofa table. It's like a mortise and tenon, very stubby mortise and tenons that actually go into the horizontal pieces. And that serves as the dividers. Um, you know, but there's also a method. Don't know if I like this, especially if it's solid wood. Um, but you could cut slots, half slots into the pieces so that they kind of nest together like this, that might be another way to do it. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, any one of those I think is valid, but I would, if I were doing this myself, I'd be doing a little Googling just to see if I could find a really smart way to do it. Jeff said, 1942 Mark seems like a cool dude to chill out with. 1942 Mark. With your pipe. Oh, oh, that guy. <laughs> you have to watch the video that came he's, out today. Uh, he's quite seasoned. <laughs> My God. Knows a lot about a lot of things, Nicole. Oh, Fresh gosh. from Wikipedia. Yes. <laughs> his uh, historical mark. <laughs> Yeah, we're thinking of, uh, you know, leaning into this whole character thing. Got a science, uh, a scientist. Yeah. But unlike other people who put a lab coat on in YouTube videos, I actually have a degree. Mm. So there's that. Good for you. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares, Nicole. Uh, Philip Moore (laughs) says, what was the dinosaur comic in the C.A. Glue video background? I don't know what he's talking about. The dinosaur? Oh, oh, somebody sent us It's a gift from somebody. It's called The Struggle. From um, David, David Kraus, Kraus. Oh, back 20... in 2018. David, thank you for writing on the back of it because my memory is That was my duty. I did that. Oh, you did that. Because I knew we would forget. <laughs> I knew that three years later on the live show, we'd be looking for that info. Um, it is a T-Rex that can't quite get to its coffee because of its little baby arms. And if you like this art, um, there it's a website. I'll put a link. It's sedeliaart.com. That's great. She has a... It might be a she. I'm guessing it's a she. Sedelia. Um, and I, it's not Sedelia at oh. all. But we'll we'll work that out later. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but nice try, Nicole. I know, I know. Okay, Lark has a question. Uh, another visual reference here. Lark says, I made an end grain cutting board from cherry maple. And hang on, let me get you guys a picture. Bada bing, bada boom. Uh, from cherry, maple, and walnut, I put a cherry end grain frame around it and gave it to an important person before learning about frames around solid wood. Now, every time I hear the term wood movement, I have tiny strokes and mild heart attacks. Should I be concerned with a disaster split board? Well, you should be concerned about your heart issues, um, but I don't think the cutting board is going to cause those for you. So let's take a look at this, guys. Beautiful cutting board, by the way. Love this design. I'm actually, I'm going to scrutinize this lark and I see a lot of corners and points that are touching what I would call perfect enough. <laughs> this is hard to pull off. Getting everything to line up the way, um, the, the way that it's lined up here is actually very, very tricky. So kudos on this. This looks really good. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, now here's, here's the reason why I don't think this is a problem. It, the border is also end grained. It is not a frame. It's something that kind of looks like a frame, but look at the shot. It's kind of an awkward shot here, but uh, you could see the side. That's your face grain or maybe side grain, depending on the orientation. Um, So the wood movement in this is not being restricted in the way that we are concerned about. Typically, if you have a end grain board or any board, and then you put, think of picture frames. When we say framing something like that, being dangerous, think of a picture frame around a solid piece of wood. That's problematic. Now you have end grain and you created a frame-like border using end grain. You did it right. So I don't see any problems with this. End grain boards can and probably will have movement issues over time. That's just the nature of the beast. But if you've done everything right, you stack the cards in your favor, I don't actually think you're going to have a problem with this. You guys can take another look. But you see all the, the, the joints as you go around. That is end grain cherry. I really don't think it's going to be a problem. So yeah, kudos on you. And uh when people say frames, they really mean long grain frames like that. And that would restrict movement. Uh, Lark also said, also, why can't I watch the Guild projects on, on smart TV? It freaks out and won't load anymore. 
Um, you just need to download them to your computer and then walk, watch them through Plex. It's, honestly the it can be way. a little bit more challenging because we use a specific player in the guild because it is a private uh, thing going on there. So we're not posting on YouTube. The videos are not on like Vimeo or some, yeah. something like that. Um, so there may be difficulties in streaming that directly from the website with Chromecast or something mm -hmm. like that. So what we usually recommend people do is take advantage of the fact that we let you download the videos. You can download them for safekeeping on your hard drive and then use some local system to broadcast to your televisions. You could use Plex if you have iTunes. You might still... Do yeah. they still... Is iTunes still a thing? I think. <laughs> it's all music now. Yeah. But I still think you could probably stream video from an Apple computer yeah. to something like an Apple TV. Um, or if you have the videos on your phone directly, you could probably um, you know, stream them with AirPlay or whatever um, streaming service you have with your mobile. Lark said it's an <clears throat> MTM design. And he's very... Oh, well, you executed it wonderfully. So... Okay, Ben's Woodworks, or I'm sorry, Ben's Woodcrafts. I want to start experimenting with homemade wood finishes. I've never liked the idea of the camping stove style setup that I know some woodworkers use. So I had the idea of using a sous vide bath instead. Uh, seems like I should be able to get reusable bags and add wax or whatever blend of ingredients gets me to the point of general purpose finish. Honestly, this seems genius to me. Is this a million dollar, a million dollar idea or do I owe you money for having to answer and explain why I'm stupid. <laughs> uh, well, I can I could send the bill wherever you like. Actually, I don't think it's a terrible idea. You're not really doing anything all that different. Sous vide is just a bath of hot water, a plastic bag, and something in that plastic bag that is having a sort of a more of a gentle heat experience. It's kind of like a double boiler. So if you t think of a double boiler, you now have a pot with hot water in it, and then you have another container that's sitting on top of that pot that is being heated by the hot water. Again, it's another milder way of um, you know putting heat into it. That's how they melt chocolate and stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. It, for kitchen stuff. Yeah, so it doesn't scorch it. Yeah, so my concern here is the way you're suggesting doing this, the only thing separating your finish from the water is the plastic bag. Um, and over time with use, we're talking about a shop and not necessarily a kitchen. Um, you may be more rough with these things. I do have a little bit of concern about the bag being punctured and the water getting into your new finish or the, the, the finish kind of seeping out and then dirtying up whatever you have this thing in. If it's a true sous vide bath and you got a little, uh, what is it, Anova? Is it the, the brand we have? We've got one of those. Um, it does a great job of taking up room on a shelf in the pantry. So I can tell you that. Uh, I'm not done. Oh, I was waiting for you well, to, to just, see if you heard my joke. No, I don't hear your jokes. I'm thinking about the next That's thing. The only reason I, I make jokes <laughs> is to get a reaction out of you. Okay. <laughs> so I don't think you're crazy. It'll absolutely work. But I don't think playing with bags and a giant vat of water is nearly as effective, efficient, or fun as a simple double, a double boiler setup. And if you have a double boiler, now you got a bowl or some other kind of easy to manipulate container that you could mix things, pour things out of, and then go again. And then it'll be a stainless steel bowl that you can clean out very easily when it's all said and done. So not a terrible idea, but I think a more traditional double boiler setup is a better idea. Uh, Robert Price does soup chat. Thank you for that, Robert. It says oh, characters. Thanks, Robert. Characters. Will Lumberyard Girl make a comeback? <laughs> She's not a girl anymore. She's Lumberyard Woman. She's a woman. Okay. <laughs> She's even more spicy than she was back then. <laughs> she has no time for anyone. In fact, I'm pretty sure the skit would consist of me going up to the counter and there would be a uh, back in five minutes sign. <laughs> right? <laughs> like there's no one there. Like no one's going to be there. I'll sit there. 
All right, well, what do I do? Guess she had to go poop. All right. Uh, Let's see. Oh my God. Seth Downs. If I want and need to put a film forming finish over a wax, is this, uh, in this case, it's case liming wax. I don't know what that is. Is there a recommended chemistry or type of finish? Water-based over wax sounds sketchy. Will epoxy or oil-based work any better? Or is it just a bad idea? If it matters, it's just the exterior of a burnt ebonized bowl with a liming wax highlighting the grain. I wouldn't do it. Um, Wax is tricky. I mean, yeah, maybe there's some kind of finish that will dissolve the wax and then bind to the surface. But we use wax in a lot of cases as a releasing agent for things because stuff doesn't stick to it. Um, you could put oil on there and then maybe hope that the oil kind of somewhat dissolves the wax or you could heat it with oil so that it kind of becomes an oil wax blend. Um, but water-based isn't going to be happy. I don't know that any lacquers are going to be happy on top of wax. I just think you're asking for trouble if you're trying to put a film finish on top of wax. If this is something that you're thinking about doing again in the future, think about the order in which you're doing things and why you would want to do it in that order. Um, and if this is just a decorative bowl... Is there a specific reason why you aren't happy with the wax finish that you need to go to uh, to the film finish? Uh, what I'm trying to do is discourage you from doing a film finish. And maybe on the next one, reevaluate the order and maybe put the wax last. It's generally speaking with woodworking finishes, once you put wax on the surface, it's a waxed surface. And that's all you're getting out of it. <laughs> Unless you do a full removal and it's, it's a whole thing. So that, that's my suggestion. Chat room, if you guys have any other suggestions for finishes you would be comfortable applying that form a film, on top of wax. <laughs> ben says, I'm going to choose to only listen to the part where you said it wasn't a stupid idea. <laughs> that sounds like something you would do, Ben. <laughs> uh, Big Willie's Garage just did a super chat. He says, is there a way to darken cherry plywood? I'm getting ready to edge band some, and the edge banding is darker than the ply. Yeah, that can happen. Um, well, it's still cherry. It's just a very thin layer of cherry and still susceptible to a lot of the things that cause cherry to darken. Um, so UV exposure, sunlight can cause it to darken. If you, I don't know that I would do it with plywood. You'd have to be kind of careful, but you can um, speed that process up with a baking soda solution. We have a video on that if you want to take a look at that, but I'm not sure I love that on plywood. It sounds a little risky. Um, there are other chemical things you can do to, to get it to happen, but just you know, UV light and time will darken it. Will it darken as much as the edge banding? It's hard to say. It's actually very difficult to get the same species plywood to match perfectly with its same species edge banding. Um, outside of that, of course, dyes. You know, you could always hit it. Is one thing that I've done in the past. If I have a slight mismatch between something like a walnut or a cherry, a lot of times if you just find that wood species in a stain and apply that, you can darken it just enough that it makes them look similar. Um, so something like a cherry oil-based stain, or if you were doing walnut, you could use a walnut oil-based stain, and that can kind of bring it a little bit closer to the color family you want it to be in without actually, you know, going too far. And it makes me feel a little bit better. Like if I've got cherry and I'm putting a dye on it, it makes me feel better if I'm doing that to call it a cherry dye. So it's just making it look more like itself. <laughs> it's like Alton Brown says about salt. It makes food taste more like itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Jeffrey Hayes says, I can't watch your videos on Amazon Prime anymore. And that is- Join the club, my so, friend. So um, for anyone that's brand new to the channel, we actually have two websites. We have the main website, which has all of our videos uh, since Mark's been making them since 2006. Those are what we call the free videos. There's like 400 of them. I put them all up on Amazon Prime. Um, and then we have 
the guild site, which is an online woodworking school, which is project-based. Um, that's never going to be on. Well, I did try to put it on Amazon, but it didn't work. I don't think it goes over well. Yeah. Suddenly paying like $80 yeah. for a set of videos. Yeah. That isn't the latest season of Star Trek. <laughs> so the reason why it's you can't go watch well. the, the free videos on Amazon Prime anymore is because Amazon said, sorry, we're kicking you off. Um, yeah. Unless you purchased a season, you can't watch it on easily on Amazon now, anymore. Now, couldn't we put them up there for sale? Yes. And that's the rub. I don't want to do we that. We could put the, the free main site videos on Amazon and charge for them. But even if we charge 99 cents, I it's don't even like, have control because I was going to go in there and say a penny. Right. They wouldn't, put it even, as cheap let, as possible. They wouldn't even let me do that. They set the price. So. so that's really uncomfortable for yeah. us. I do not want someone to find us on Amazon, buy all these seasons, and go, I want more. Let me go to their website. And they go, wait a minute. I could have gotten all this for free. That really doesn't let us sleep well at night. So that's why we're choosing not to continue to put the stuff on Amazon because they're restricting how we can put that content out there. Uh, it's a real go. bummer because we actually loved being on that platform. Mm -hmm. It was pretty great. And a lot of people found us there. All right, Black Goat Woodworking says, I hope you enjoyed your road trip. I'm curious if you would consider listing some very broad time estimates on your Wood Whisperer Guild projects. I have three that I want to do, the Rubo wall hanging tool uh, cabinet and the shaker sideboard, but I don't have any idea of how to start estimating time for completion. I understand filming and building a guild project is a different animal, but I'm wondering if you could provide for an average woodworker, this project would take between, okay, he's asking for time frames. This is something we can't provide from me only, right? Because my time means nothing. The amount of time it takes me to build any project is always skewed by the fact that I'm talking about it constantly. I'm filming it, we're editing, we're, we have so many things going on. Also because I'm trying to formulate plans as I build, it just slows me down. In your case, you should be able to build faster, but my numbers are meaningless. So this email came in and I actually talked to John. John is our, our, our web developer and designer. Um, and I said, hey, is there anything we can do? And what we kind of put our heads together, we're like, why don't we just put an exit survey? Mm -hmm. Anytime someone completes a project, especially when they upload to the gallery, just answer a couple of questions, right? Did you build this? How long did it take you? Would you classify this as beginner, intermediate, or advanced? So that on the sales pages, we could then say, the average time to complete this project for our users is mm -hmm. this much time. So it's not me claiming a time frame. This is what it actually took people to build it. So that is something we're going to try to do. Thank you for the suggestion, and hopefully we'll be able to get that done soon. So I want to ask what the Banhammer is. This is actually from Scott Hampshire. He's one of our mods, and he's a woodworker, and he built that for us because every once in a while we have to use it. I'm making If a you're in the chat room, you just saw it being used. I'm making a thumbnail. Hold on. Okay. Yeah, so Scott did a great job with this. Uh, I went up to um, Seattle area yeah. uh, to work with Ann and Daryl, and we had a little meetup. Mm -hmm. and Scott, oh, yeah, that he gave Scott that came with this, and I was like, this is amazing, dude. I'm glad I drove. Here you go. Well, I gave it back to him, and he's like, well, that's for you. It's like, are you kidding me? So, yeah, thankfully I did drive. Getting this through the airport would be interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Big old Gallagher hammer. But, yeah, that's, uh, that is something that's an inside joke amongst our moderators. Yeah, so funny. Okay, Rick. Rick. Rick, 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 Feldman. Rick, 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 Rick. I'm finally getting around to building a split top Rubo. I'm trying to decide between round or square dog holes. In your video, you demonstrate making the square ones. However, you say that looking back, you would just go with the round. Um, can you give a little discussion on your perspective on this? Also, if I go with the round ones, do you have any recommendations on commercial dogs to buy? That's the main reason, Rick. It's the fact that the square doesn't do much more for me than a round dog could do. 
The square is traditional. I did it because I wanted a traditional bench and I knew people who wanted to build this bench might also want traditional dogs. So we went that route. In the end though, drilling a three quarter inch hole is so much easier. And on top of it, you got tons of companies who are making three quarter inch size or you know, you can find them bigger too, but hold fasts, dogs, little dogs, big dogs, little pop-up hardware. Lee Valley is a great resource for stuff like that. They sell a lot of it, but there are other companies. Um, and you could put them anywhere, anytime. You decide like there's times I have a, I need a hold fast in a certain spot. I'll just drill a three quarter inch hole straight through and be done with it. So if you want the traditional route, those square ones are fine but the round dog holes are perfectly serviceable. Um, I don't think they look as cool, but you could buy all kinds of cool accessories to go in them. So look at Lee Valley for dogs. I think they have like bench dogs and bench pups and all kinds of little add-ons. So Pups. <laughs> yep, bench pups. Uh, Anna in the chat says, I'm in the market for a drum sander. Ew. Do you have any recommendations? Someone had uh, talked earlier to her about the, was it, what's the one you had before the Paramatic one? Performax? Yeah, Performax. You know, I've got the Powermatic now. Prior to uh, that, I had Yep. I had the Supermax brand. They, they, there's a there's a lot of maxes going on here, so you got to watch out. So Performax was the brand that Jet owned and then I think people from that group split off to do their own thing and they called it Supermax because there's nothing better than brand confusion. Um, <laughs> Supermax makes a good product, so if you're looking at just a good standalone drum sander, I had one of their uh, models and I actually liked it quite a bit. Um, Powermatic makes a great drum sander. Jet has a wider line. Um, you could find more variety. Um, Powermatic pretty much has one drum sander. She has limited space. Then you're probably going to be looking at Jet. that smaller range. Um, the Jet line is pretty good. If you're looking for maybe more budget friendly, maybe look at some of the Grizzly stuff. I think mm. Grizzly has a couple of drum sanders. Um, but I think Jet is probably going to be a good bang for the buck, generally, in terms of quality and price. Um, but also... Look at Supermax and look at uh, Grizzly as well. And chat room, you know, you may have personal experience with other brands. If you have a, a different brand to recommend, go ahead. So, because you can have floor standing drum standers and then bench top drum standers. Well, there's a couple that they're a little harder to come by. Yeah. The small bench top ones, they're tiny. They're really tiny. I personally would find them very frustrating because mm -hmm. um, they could be finicky. But if space is a concern and you don't need really wide things sanded, maybe just you know rails and styles for doors, small panels, uh, that might be an option for you. Says thank you. She said thank you. I have a lot of jet machines. There, there, you, there go. you go. It'll match. That's important. Greg Fitzgerald says so. Our cousin wants to repair a finish on a hundred-year-old family heirloom oak dining table. The legs are turned from laminated pieces that have started to come apart. What would be a better way to fix this? Take the legs off, carefully split the pieces. He says, split the pieces, sister. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Splitter? Uh, split the it, pieces? I mean, I realize it's oh, a yeah, typo, yeah, but yeah. I don't know what he <laughs> yeah, was what supposed the, to be the... typing. Uh, clean the old glue and then re-glue and clamp, or fill the split line with glue, put a lot of clamping pressure on the joint or something else. So I think this really just depends on how much you want to get involved in this thing. Um, if the joints are coming apart and with a moderate amount of clamping pressure, you could close that joint, then that might be something you should look into. Um, chances are there's dried glue inside there. So you're going to want to use something like epoxy that will still bind, even if there's the presence of an older glue there. may not be the best joint ever, but it also is gap filling. So if you can't quite get that crack closed all the way, you might be able to compensate for that um, with the epoxy. Uh, the problem there though, is if it's in multiple places, I am worried a little bit about the overall stability of this thing. Um, so that could be a problem, but 
epoxy is a good choice for gap filling and reinforcing it. I think the best repair, if we're talking about like major surgery here, the best repair would be to split them apart and glue them back together. But this is a turning we're talking about. So you gotta be really, really careful because as you clean up the glue, if you remove any material and then you go to put those things back, now we're talking about circular patterns. So as you, as you remove wood, you essentially can change the profile. So unless you plan on throwing those suckers back on a lathe to clean them up after the fact, especially if it's multiple laminations, um, it wouldn't be so bad if it was just in half. But if it's like three pieces, that might be a little bit tricky, man. I mean, it can totally be done and that would give you the best result in the end. But I think you might even be looking at a very small amount of turning once you get those blanks back together. So just depends on how much surgery you want to do. Just gonna, uh, where's the, your chat? I got so many questions, I haven't even looked at the chat. Okay. I got two super chats from Beagle Wood. <laughs> <laughs> just wanted uh -huh. to say hi, may the Beagle Bark be with you. <laughs> 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 and then there's Donna, Donna Krieger. Oh, Donna, what's happening? She said, just because it's dang good to be here. Oh, it's good to be here too, I Donna. hope everything's well with you, Donna. Thanks was... for hanging with us. <laughs> oh, to you as well. All right, well, speaking of all of our regulars, uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Mrs. Benjamin Bodner. <laughs> That's not how that goes, is it? Don't say Esquire because you Esquire? Be, don't be, they'll correct you for saying it. It's always a joke, but yeah. some people... Don't know the joke, so. Well, no, Wh whatever, who cares? <laughs> I'm gonna say it all the time. Okay. Uh, ben says, I'm applying water-based finish, general finishes and Durovar to a chest of drawers using HVLP and I'd like to get two coats applied in one day. In this situation, how do you handle cleaning the spray gun? Can you leave it set up to spray between coats or will leaving the material in for four to five hours create a mess? Well, look, Ben, I've been known to leave crap in my spray gun for two days, <laughs> sometimes more. Here's what's gonna happen most of the time. Um, uh, unless there's something else going on, most of the time what happens with mine is after a few hours, you get a little um, booger on the end of that. Now you could pop that booger by squeezing the handle, right? And that pulls the little pin back. And then you could sometimes get your thumbnail and, and pop that little cap off of there. But what that effectively does is when you have finish that dries on the tip, it kind of seals it up. And it is, you know, in, for all intents and purposes, kind of a sealed, chamber of liquid. So most of the time you're okay. I would say at least 24 hours. Um, if I was spraying today and I was going to spray again tomorrow, there's no way I'm cleaning my gun if it's just water-based finish. Um, I would let it sit there. I would let that uh, tip harden and then, and then I would pop that off the next day, give the can a little shake and start spraying. And usually it's fine. Actually for me, it is always fine. There's always exceptions though, that's just my personal experience, um, but I would not, I'm just a little bit lazy with that stuff. But I think anything more than a day, that's when I start to get to the point that I'm, like if I have to leave it for the weekend, I'm probably gonna clean it. Crazy Eye Wood Guy says, are you ever gonna produce some CNC content? Oh, hell no. Probably not, I mean, maybe. Uh, here's the thing, the CNC is it's a fantastic tool. Um, I was talking to Brian Benham about this recently. Um, he thought getting a CNC for him would mean like he'd be this production machine right. and he would just be cranking out production products and making tons of money on things and it just didn't turn out that way for him because he loves woodworking he loves getting his hands dirty and getting his hands into material and the cnc like it or not for all of its great things about it it can remove you from the activity from the work that's the point of it right so 
he has done something which is kind of where my brain has settled on. It's a very useful tool for certain things that facilitate the kind of woodworking I want to do. Um, and telling the CNC to do a bunch of stuff that I normally might do with a router by hand, it's not that fun for me. So this is why I've had a, a beautiful CNC for a long time and all it's been used for is generating templates. Uh, we sell a lot of templates so I have to make prototypes of those templates. Or if there's some weird shape or something that I know I'm not going to be able to do that very easily by hand. We did an inlay on the, uh, the blanket uh, rack, the quilt rack. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> on the quilt rack, we did a little epoxy inlay and we used the CNC for that. So you're going to find my usage of the CNC, at least for now. I reserve the right to change my mind in the future. But for now, it's pretty much just going to be doing things that I either can't do or don't want to do. But I love woodworking, so I want to do it. And that means my hands are typically going to be on a router. So... That's my answer to that. And here's the thing, I don't know that much about CNC. I mean, I'm still a total noob with it and I'm not the guy you wanna learn from when it comes to CNC. Uh, there are tons of people who know their stuff and those are the people you would wanna see make CNC content, probably not me. <laughs> okay, dokie. Um, Kurt wants to know, where are you buying your wood screws these days? Uh, are you using anything special that you like? Don't you have like enough to last you for years? Oh yeah. All I need is 100, and that would last me for years. <laughs> Ashley just placed an order. Custom Service Hardware, CSH. Um, I, don't, I can't say that they are the best prices around, but they're certainly the best prices I've found online. And I typically just get a stock up in various sizes of number eight, Square Drive, or Robertson on their website. I think they're called Square Drive. I keep getting something in my eye. Um, are you crying? No. Why are you, why are you crying? You <laughs> it's okay? just, just an eye booger oh, from that okay. HVLP gun. It's okay. It's okay. Thanks. We banned that guy. <laughs> I didn't even see it. <laughs> I've been looking at the chat room, so I haven't seen it. That's all right. Uh, so yeah, custom service hardware. Great stuff. <laughs> I got a question here from John. Uh, John McCracken. Hey, didn't John just do He was one of our supporters, yeah. Are the Gill videos good? For brand yes. noobs. Yes. Build videos are great for new woodworkers. Even if you're not ready to build the thing, even if you get Matt's Queen Anne High Boy, which is an incredibly advanced project, isn't it nice to see how it's done? Right? That's like what learning... Step by step by step. That's what learning woodworking is all about, is not necessarily just learning the thing that I'm ready for. It's seeing how stuff is done and then working up to that. Um, if you know how... You know, Matt makes a gooseneck molding for the top of that high boy. Well, that, that, you may not be able to do it just yet, or you may not have the tool set to do it yet, but we've taken the mystery away. We've shown you the series of steps that get you there. All of woodworking is a series of steps, especially when we're talking about projects. So if you know that series of steps and you have the proper tooling to get you there, you should be able to do it, or at least get a pretty close facsimile to what you're seeing in the video. Um, so I think all Guild videos, even the ones from our most advanced instructors, are beginner friendly in that sense. Doesn't mean you can go out and build it right today, but it's gonna give you, it's gonna unlock the mystery to the whole thing. And once you see how it's done, you go, that's like, I'll watch like Philip Morley or Jory. Um, they do things and I'm just like, if they showed me the final product, I would struggle for a couple of weeks going, how am I gonna do that? Yeah. How am I gonna do it? And then I see them do it and I'm like, gosh dang it, <laughs> that was so simple, but now I know how to do it, yeah. right? So that's why I say they're all beginner friendly. Yep. I mean, we have we have woodworkers in the guild that have never built anything, mm -hmm. and they come in and they build a rubo. Yeah, they knock out a rubo yeah. as a first project, a rocker, a rocker. You know, that's that's it's a, it's it's, a, it's amazing what you do when you explain everything, mm -hmm. and that's what the guild does for us. It gives us time 
to do the things that on the main site, we, you know, people don't tolerate that much information, um, which is, it's kind of weird, but that's just the way it works. Okay, ducky. Okay, ducky. Kim Erickson says, that's Kim from Down Under, right? Yeah. Says, uh, watching back through your videos, Friday Live and morning shows, you've answered millions of questions. I mean, I really have. We have an, a spreadsheet. Yeah. That John Doolittle made up, and I don't think it's been updated. No, he, he got busy. When and... I look at that spreadsheet and look at the sheer number of questions that have been answered on this <laughs> yeah. show, especially knowing how much of it has been BS on my part, <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. <laughs> That's a joke, by the way. I do try to answer honestly, though. Um, so she says, what are you most excited about in regards to new techniques, new tools, or possibilities? You know, new techniques and tools... Not a whole lot. I mean, I'm pretty satisfied with, with what I have access to. There's a lot in traditional woodworking that I have maybe only dipped my toe into, haven't really delved into deeply yet, um, that I still have on my list of things to do. So uh, that's, that's kind of an all-inclusive answer. But I think the thing I'm looking forward to the most after 15 years of doing this, this is our, I mean, I didn't even really think about it until today, when Nicole's getting an anniversary logo I'm made for a, us. I'm getting a new logo because we're coming up on 15 years of the Wood Whisperer. Yeah, uh, it's our 15-year anniversary. That's a, that's a long dang time. Um, what's exciting for me now is the shift in the videos we're producing. Because for me, the videos are just as much a reflection of my work and my work ethic as the projects that I build. They're both very important to me. So when I see videos do well and I see people enjoying them, that makes me really, really happy. Um, so I, I'm, I'm enjoying what this experiment, this three-month experiment is doing for us. The re, sort of, in, in a way, it's a bit of a revitalization, you know, bringing back certain things that people remember from the early days and certain corny jokes and skits and ideas, mm -hmm. and then a bunch of new ideas and the new people that we have in our corner working with us now. Um, John here in the shop and, and Todd uh, remotely doing all of our editing it's a great partnership. I'm enjoying the crap out of it. And, uh, and I hope that's, that becomes clear in the stuff that we're making. So that's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> Matthew Bow <coughs> Bows is in the chat. He goes, I own every project. I've never built one of them. <laughs> Yay, apartment living. And that's, that's okay. Uh, that's the way it is. Yeah. I would say the vast majority of people who buy guild projects yeah. are just watching them. Yep. Totally okay. Okay, MMG. What strategies do you use? To deal with stressful glue-ups, I've got a project that has about 30 joints that need to be put together in one shot. And I always get really nervous when I'm rushing to get everything together. Thanks. Okay, a couple of things just off the top of my head. <clears throat> Slow setting glue, epoxy. Um, you can sometimes get as much as 30 minutes out of something like that. Um, if you don't need quite that much time, you could look at like Type Bond Extend. That's going to buy you a few more minutes. Uh, even Type Bond 3 over like Type Bond Original uh, is a pretty good choice for that. Hide glue. Uh, you can get liquid high glue that's going to give you some good open time, even polyurethane glue. So open time on glues, that's, that's number one. In fact, that's actually, I think, the most important thing. If you give yourself more open time, then it takes as long as it takes. Most glue-ups, as complex as they can possibly be, are not going to take you more than 20 or 30 minutes. Um, so epoxy is a real good solution for that. Uh, look at your project. See if you, you may have missed something. Maybe there is some sub-assembly that you can do. Anything you could do as a sub-assembly to now have 15 parts to bring together, that's a good thing to look into. Um, and I don't know what kind of joinery you're doing, but let's say it's loose mortise and tenons or dominoes. One thing you could do to save time is glue those dominoes into one half of the joint ahead of time so they become integral to that part. And then during the final glue up, just bring all those parts together. Half of the joinery glue up is actually done already because you pre-glued those in. So hey, 
uh, John Ulrich is yeah. in the chat. Yeah. And I know he's having a little hard tr tr time with a project that he's working on. Oh, really? He's doing the breadboard end table. Mm -hmm. uh, but he says, Does, do oh, any of yeah. you overthink your project to the point where you start taking long periods of time off, like me? I do that with quilting. I think I would do that if I had the luxury to do yeah. that. You know, just practicing avoidance. Yeah. Because this is really stressful. I'd rather not have to do like, with this. Oh, I'm going to mess it up. I'm okay. going to mess it up. I mean, yeah. that's when you're new, you're like, I'm going to mess it up. And how am I going to recover from that? Yeah. So. I don't think that's a uncommon sentiment. Mm -mm. I think a lot of people suffer from that. I, I don't really have a great solution for it, though. I mean. Do you need, John, do you need me to have Mark call you and give you a pep talk? John, do you need a hug? I think, <laughs> he, need, I think he just needs a hug. <laughs> I think that'll solve everything. <laughs> this is my last piece of X. I can't screw this up. Yeah. You know, that's a funny thing. In the beginning, I was way more concerned about precious material. Yeah. And I think the more you work with various materials the and the more confidence you get, um, the less you worry about ruining anything. Because you get to a point where even if you do make a mistake, mm -hmm. you know how to recover from that mistake. Yep. So there's times where I'll, I'll cut into a very prized piece of wood, and I honestly won't give it a second thought. It could be... And you Break. My brain says it's a piece of plywood. Or And you break a set of headphones. That wasn't... That's a different story. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But it may be along the lines of yes, what John's saying. I you, think so. It wasn't that the piece was a very valuable piece of wood. It's you put it so much... It became valuable yes. because it had so many hours of work up yes. to that point. Yes. Right. Yes. But I was angry at the bit. <laughs> that bit that made me angry. Yes, it did. Okay, last question I have here is Kent Johnson. Uh, just watched your video on CA glue. Do you have any tips for keeping the glue bottle tips from sticking to the bottles? I had to throw away all of my bottles since the tops were glued to the bottles. Oh, no. Okay, so the funny thing is he followed this up with a, a, a note that said he actually didn't watch the entire video uh, yet, and I did address part of that in the video. Gotcha. Okay, so, but I think it's a good thing for other people to hear. CA glue, as you pour it out and you use it, you put it upright again, you always get a little bit of residual glue there at the, the tip of the, the little hole at the top. So you gotta wipe it away. That's the easiest thing you can do. Um, get a paper towel. Every time you use it, just give it a little wipe before you put the cap on because what happens is eventually it builds up. Time and time again, you keep putting the, take the cap off, put it back on. Eventually, you won't even be able to get it on anymore. So to avoid that, wipe it off. The other thing you can do, um, and someone even mentioned that in the YouTube comments today, um, you could put a little bit of wax on the nozzle and especially around the threads down at the bottom and that can sometimes make it a little bit easier to get on and off, a little less likely if there is some residual glue in there for that to become a problem. And that's all my questions. What do you have for me, Nicole? Um, let's now see. my right eye itches. Does it? <laughs> <laughs> I think I have allergies. I know I have allergies. Uh, Joshua, <sighs> 80, says, shop question, yes. it's hot. Mm-hmm. What? And it's my hot? garage is brick and insulated in the ceiling. Should I just put up, like, what's a lu Luna? Luon. Luon. What's Luon? It's like a cheap plywood. Okay. Or uh, for a quarter ply to block out the upper space and insulate with blown or just insulate the ceiling. Good golly. <laughs> what a question for Mark. Josh. <laughs> um... I can't really comment too much on various ways that you could facilitate insulation, but what I will tell you is insulate, however it can be done. Um, talk to people who have some experience with something like this, not me. Uh, if you're looking to create some kind of supplemental insulation inside the envelope that's already there, um, certainly 
insulating the ceiling is a no-brainer, um, but you really want to insulate everything before you start to think about cooling and you know doing things to change the temperature. In there, otherwise, you're just throwing money out the window. Um, so I don't have a great answer for you. This is not my area of expertise, but I'm going to say yes, insulate. Good idea. Uh, Mike wants to know, he has a half a gallon of Type 1 3 and it seems to be getting thick. Can I add water or something to keep it flowing better? Um, I believe you can. I don't remember the specifics. You could probably find this on, on website, Type right? Bonds FAQ on their website. But I, le I believe they say you could thin it as much as like 10% or something like that. So if it does thicken up, which is a sign that it's kind of on its way out, as long as you don't have a bunch of chunks and things mm -hmm. in there, you actually can dilute it a little bit to get it to the consistency you want. But again, double check on Type Bonds site because I don't want to misrepresent their advice. Uh, Butch Landry says, could you give the specs on your shop lighting. I'm about to light my new shop and I'm trying not to get it wrong. You have a video. Yeah, I have actually have a whole video Butch, on I'm gonna link my it. lighting situation. Here you go. One thing I'll tell you about that, Butch, when you go look at this video, understand that I have modified a lot of these lights. So if there were four rows of LEDs in a particular you know, housing, I cut down 50% of them. What was happening in here, it was great for usage, but remember I have to film in this location, so a lot of times that light was creating just massive reflections anytime we look at anything that's kind of a light color. So what I realized is there's literally just too much light in here for the camera work that I wanted to do. Um, I think where it is now is a pretty good balance. Mm -hmm. I mean, this feels like a good workspace, right? Yeah. It's not underlit by any means. Um, so go look at that video though, and you will see Maybe an excessive amount of lighting. I don't even know that you need to go as far as I went in that video. But American Green Lights was the company that we worked with. Uh, and, and the guy at American Green Lights made a little heat map for me. Hmm. I gave him like a floor plan. I showed him where I need light, where my work areas are. And then he made it work so that, you know, he basically controlled exactly how much light was at each workstation. It's pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> and I think they do have that service at American Green Lights. Um, so you might want to get in touch with them. Uh, Dave Weber says, hey, Dave from Ontario, Canada. 15 years, I started watching TWW, not realizing back then that those first videos were probably very current at the time. Very mm -hmm. unreal, 15, yeah. Yeah, I mean, 15 years in the world of online content is in a lot of ways about as old as it gets, yes. right? Because that's yeah. when a lot of it started. I mean- You can go back in audio podcasts. Yeah, Scott Johnson, he started in like, 2004. 2004. Now you're starting to get to like the very, very beginning. Yeah. There are other ways to distribute concept, really? uh, content prior to that, but we're talking about mass distribution, yeah. RSS feeds, stuff like that. That you really took off in 2006. Feedburner allowed people yeah. to have RSS feeds and they didn't have to manually build them. Yep. So, yeah. It's, yeah, it's it was a whole thing. So 15 so years is uh, it's a long time when to be is, in this game. When is Steve Ramsey's little documentary thing coming out? I don't think we should even be talking oh, about that. sorry. Because I don't know anything about it. I don't know his plans. Okay. So never mind. whatever Nicole just said. I don't know what I'm talking about. Pretend you never heard it. I don't even know who Steve Ramsey is. <laughs> so. Purple squirrel, squirrel woodwork workshop. <laughs> sorry. Uh, I find. He didn't say not to say I anything. Know, it, but let's yeah, just yeah. pretend it didn't okay. happen. Purple Squirrel <laughs> Workshop said, I can find that shop size matter makes a difference for, for project time. When I had a one-car garage, anything bigger than a shaker-sized table took three times as long because I had to constantly move project. Oh, I thought this was a question. He's just I making know. a comment. He's just making a comment. Can't disagree with that. I remember the first workshop I gave you 
We had a th three car garage. You gave me a workshop? I gave you the one car side. Didn't I technically own part of that? <laughs> yeah, I did. Did you have to give it to me or did I just take it? We agreed that you would be in the one car side. Okay. I just want credit where it's due, Nicole. Right. But eventually I, I let you come to this two car side. <laughs> I love this permission thing we're doing now. Yeah, it was a th three, little three car I've garage. I've given up, by the way. But I think here's what happened. I started making stuff. And I started yeah, yeah, making yeah. decent things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was now justifiable to be like, okay, we'll take the two car side. We'll keep the one car side for cars, which I don't think ever really happened, did it? We still always parked in the driveway. Yeah. I think I had like a weight bench on yeah. one side yeah, and just a yeah, bunch yeah. of crap. An old, what was the, the CRT televisions? <laughs> the it, was old, it was an old TV with a built-in DVD yeah, player. Yeah, it was so high tech. And I brought that to Arizona with yeah, me too. that's true. Uh, Luis Sanchez says, why does my dining table turn white when I place a wet glass or hot plate on it? The white generally is trapped moisture. So a lot of times heat is uh, something that, you know, you, you, let's say you put a big pizza box on it. It's not just heat, it's the moisture from the pizza. And the heat kind of helps drive it into the finish. And a lot of times that white haze that you see is trapped moisture. So in order to get that out, a lot of times there's a couple different tricks you could do. People put something oil-based on it. So an oil, some people even use mayonnaise for something like that. Really? The oil sort of pulls that moisture out or even just a, um, you know, a uh, hairdryer on the hottest setting can kind of drive that moisture out. But generally that sort of blushing that you see, that white color is most of the time trapped moisture. And from what you're describing, that's gotta be what it is. Mm -hmm. All right, guess what? Uh, it's a it's a great question from Jeremy. How do you get Wood Whisperer live on your Peloton? <laughs> Can you imagine? It would be the historically low numbers, <laughs> low performance on these rides. Come on, let's let's go. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be terrible at that. I am not one of those people who enjoys what I consider the false enthusiasm that comes with group classes. Mm -hmm. I mean, I get it. Maybe it's not a false enthusiasm. But when, when I'm on a computer, basically, and someone is talking to me directly as if we're having this conversation and encouraging me, encouraging me to do more, and the worst, worst part is when they stand up, uh, right? So they're riding, but then they stop and they're like, you can do this. I'm like, I'm, you should be doing this I, uh, right along with me. <laughs> I don't do well with positive reinforcement. I need negative reinforcement. Wasn't that an SNL skit? Peladont. Peladont. I need Peladont. You can't is that do what it was this. called? Yes, it was Peladon. That's fantastic. <laughs> I need negative reinforcement. I need negative so I can prove you wrong. <laughs> you're, you're awful at this. You're really skinny. You need to work out more. Okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. All right, what else? Charles is in the airport catching up on his missed shows, and he just now realized we're live. Well, well there you go. Okay. Welcome, Charles. Hey, Charles. I, I, I feel... What you're saying about being in the airport. I did that for 14 years. <laughs> oh, airports I've are great. done many podcasts in airports before. Yeah. Oh, Kevin says, don't forget to give away the mug. Oh, thank, thank you, you, Kevin. Thank and I'm glad Kevin. we waited because the numbers did go up. Yeah. So uh, I almost feel like we should just give it to Kevin. It's kind of unfair. <laughs> How about we do this? We give Kevin one yeah. and we give another away. Okay. And Kevin. my mom's going to be like, I said one. <laughs> Sorry. Kevin, email me. So Nicole, Kevin, you get one. <laughs> the Wood Whisperer, and I'll get you a mug. And then let's pick someone else. And, and then the uh, key word in the chat room to let Nicole know that you're interested in the mug is mug. Just type the word mug in the chat room. We'll give it a few seconds for people to, mug. to get their entry in, and she's just going to do the best she can. It's not perfect. 
She's not a perfect person. Mug. She's just going to pick one. Mug pecker. And it's going to say mug. Not mug pecker. <laughs> just mug. Not pecker mug. Just mug. Just mug. You guys, calm see down. See if you can follow instructions. Yeah. Oh, Any other questions God. I could do while people are mugging it up? <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I think I got them all. Oh, um, James Turner was in the chat and he said, Mark, thank you. You all are the reason I'm a subscriber to all the YouTube channels. I searched for New Yankee Workshop and found your videos on Amazon That's as cool. Nicole was putting them on Amazon. They got Nicole in trouble once. One of the thumbnails she used on Amazon to represent one of the seasons oh, yeah, Norm. was a picture of me and Norm because at AWFS I got to meet him. And yeah. It's a thumbnail that we used for the video. Yeah. Um, but people were giving us bad because reviews going... For, it was the first It was season. the leading, but it was the yeah. leading image they saw. Yes. And they thought it was kind of like rep, falsely representing the season. Like, Norm wasn't in this. <laughs> That's like, what the negative was. Norm's not in like, this. Dang it, seriously? Okay. No, he wasn't. You're right. So I changed it so, eventually because yeah, I got tired of hearing <clears throat> Norm's not in this. He actually is. Technically, he appeared for a few seconds. Yep. And he told me, he told me, I think I've heard of you. <laughs> like... That's all I need to hear, Norm. Thank you very much. I think I heard I heard tell of some moron on the internet trying to do what I do. Yeah. This was 2007. Good luck, son. This is 2007 yeah. at AWFS. I heard about some a-hole like you. Um, we had gotten media passes, yeah. and there was no one actually covering the event. So mm-hmm. we came in, and I we treated it like a big event. Yes, and we covered li- it, and, and we live streamed. I had you stream at the time. Good, YouTube good wasn't gravy. even doing live stream. No, that was years before YouTube. You want to pick one? You pick one. You pick okay. one. I'm not perfect, but I'm going to pick one. Yep. I'm going to pick... Uh, How about... Ice Queen? Ice Queen! I thought I was picking this. So I saw Ice Queen, and I thought that was a cool name. <laughs> it's Ice Queen, then. Ice Queen! Ice Queen, good news. You can keep your ice very, very cold. Yes, in hot this or cold. Hot or cold. I currently have cold liquid in here, so... It works great. Ice Queen, email me, Nicole, at the Wood Whisper. I'm typing it for you. Ice Queen, you squeen, we all squeen for Ice Queen. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. All right. Are we done? If you're a Patreon uh, supporter Uh or a YouTube member, the people that have like the little icons next to their name, they're YouTube members. Uh, we do an after show where we talk about things. Uh, somebody asked you about if uh, porg is tasty. Porg? So, is that how you say the name? The little, the little thing. Pogue. 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 The bird. Bird. Yes. Yeah. So we'll talk about that okay. in the after show. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk a little bit about our vacation, yeah. which is sometimes interesting, there sometimes not. All right. Well, hey, guys. Thank you. Uh, guess what? I heard you fart. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised it doesn't happen more on the show, but hey, look. Because it's after dinner. That's what we do, baby. So I'm going to put the link to the Patreon post so you can access the, the after show video. I would um, love to know the percentage of people when I do stupid things like that. Leave. That roll their eyes and then the amount of people who go, I like this guy. <laughs> I like the cut of your jib. Okay, well, thank you, everybody, for... Um, Thanks for hanging out with us and tolerating my nonsense. Uh, we'll check out that video on mm-hmm. our site. Don't forget these mugs, twwstore.com if you want a woodworker fuel mug. And um, if you're here for the after show, stick around. We're going to talk about more nonsense. Maybe have a couple more toots. You never know. Okay, thanks, everybody. Bye. See ya.